All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to um, Wrestling Podcast While You're at Home with Red Curtains with my co-host, John Mason. And today we're doing um, an episode mainly 80% based on Ring of Honor, 20% everything else. That sounds fair. Yeah. So, um, as you know, or I think most of you know, uh, Ring of Honor was purchased by Tony Khan, uh, I think, a week and a half ago on Dynamite. So, we're going to be going over our favorite memories of Ring of Honor and where we think they're going to go in the future. Um, I guess I'll start and you can start after me. Uh, My favorite, well, my first show was Vendetta, uh, Roderick Strong versus Brian Danielson, 40 or 50 minute match in Chicago. Yes, I believe they went about 55 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. That was absolutely brutal. Uh, you can see me for sure. Uh, I know that was a show I was front row at. I, I believe that DVD is in my closet along with some others. Uh, I don't believe I know that that DVD is in my closet along <laughs> with some others. Definitely one I still own that I haven't parted ways with, traded off over the years. Uh, I, I guess, oof, man, I have real personal memories of that show. So that's that's funny that you mention it. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't usually go too far into detail on things like that, but to solve a perhaps a long-time mystery that maybe some folks may have wondered, uh, despite the fact that nobody brawled throughout the crowd uh, bleeding, there was blood on the floor of the venue, that was actually from me. Uh, Really? uh, Yeah, I had sprang a leak pretty bad on my leg before the show, and uh, it was uncertain if I was actually going to go. And I had to wrap it up really, real heavy because, hey, I'm going to a wrestling show. So naturally, I'm going to wrap up a really bad cut where, like, the, uh, I don't know, something was coming out of my knee. It was really bad. So every time I bent it, it would, like, uh, spray blood. So that was a lot of fun. So that was a hell of a show to be at because every now and then I would have to run to the men's room. And just use up as much toilet paper as humanly possible to just like soak up what was there. I remember the dress pants I was wearing and everything because of how uh, just how they would just stick to my leg. Yeah, brutal. But what was more brutal than that were the chops. Oh my god! And Daniel said, "Oh my god, Ryan's chest. He's just like he just loves getting his chest just." beaten to shreds we've seen it in aew recently too yeah my god roddy i didn't know that roddy hit that hard i was like because roddy he still has some sting in the chops but like 05 06 07 roddy was just like chop the shit out of you oh my god man he does now you said he still has the sting in his chops because honestly i have not been keeping up very much with uh What's what's he on NXT? Yeah, yeah, he's on NXT. He's on he's he's basically like an elder statesman. He's with Diamond Mine, the Creed Brothers, and Malcolm Bivens, and they got a bunch of other people. Um, so basically, he's like an elder statesman right now. But like oh five, oh six, oh seven, Roddy, he could work. I think the the thing that always held Roddy back was his promo ability. 
which is why they stuck him with Truth Martini, and he had the world title back in like, oh, ten, no, ten I think it was, two thousand ten, and he had the he won the belt from Tyler Black actually. Yeah, I was gonna say that would have been uh, wasn't that Tyler's last match? Yeah. I believe in Ring of Honor. Yeah, so probably the last Tyler Black match, if not one of the, I don't know if that was his last uh, independent slash non-WWE. Because at that point, I don't know if Ring of Honor was considered an independent. I don't know if they were owned. And even now, shit, what's Ring of Honor considered? They're owned by Tony Khan. So are they a major company or are they technically an independent just owned by somebody who happens to have money? You know what I mean? I would say draw the line. Cause it's just Tony Khan who owns it. Correct? Yeah. Not yeah. Technically AEW, his dad, yeah. not the young bucks, not Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Tony Khan who owns it. So, I mean, what do you define ring of honor as? Because it was this upstart independent that showcased. Yeah. It's really look what ring of honor was. It took that, a lot of that Northeast scene that was out there with a little bit of, you know, Midwest coming up right off the bat, a little bit of South coming up right off the bat, you know, AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, eventually within year one, you had CM Punk, Cole Cabana. So you had people coming in from other spots, but that Northeast scene with a combination of obviously technical, high flying, had some brawling in there, strong style. Yeah. I mean, they, they brought, you know, early even early on in that first year, I believe there was the barbed wire match with Steve Carino and, and Homicide. Homicide. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they were just, I mean, they were ahead of their time in a lot of the ways uh, in terms of what they were presenting because they were offering it on a platform that not everybody could really get. Yeah. So that's with DVD. So that's why, because even you and I, we weren't able to get every show. So yeah. I'm hoping now Tony Khan's able to do something with that. But, you know, they started off as the independent showcasing yeah. the variety of talent out there became something bigger then became a corporate company technically being owned by Sinclair. So now they're kind of in between because they're owned by a guy who owns a corporate wrestling company, but he's owning it independently of the corporate wrestling company. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I wanted to let you finish and I'll go, I'll piggyback up some of the thoughts that you said about what are they. I think they're a quasi independent company because I don't want to take the independent level off of Ring of Honor. Because back when it was like 06 to 09, when Gabe Sapolsky was booking it, and they had Roderick Strong and Aries and McGinnis and Danielson and Generico and Steen and Black and Jacobs and Butcher and Whitmer and Rave, they had like a shit fucking ton of talent. Hell yeah. And then, and then... They go, and Carrie, and God knows I love Carrie Silkin. Brilliant, brilliant man. But Carrie cuts the cord with Gabe, and is like, we need to do TV. And and the product, when Gabe Sapolsky left, and Adam Pierce became Booker, I was like, okay, the product has gotten worse. And I always felt like it was at his peak when Gabe was there. And when Gabe left, the product got significantly worse. Like, do you agree? Do you disagree with that? Uh, oh, you... It it certainly. I mean, same better or worse is obviously an opinion. We'll we'll make that clear here for again whoever is out there actually listening. And thank you if you are, by the way. Yeah. Look at that. We made it to episode three of featuring me on here, baby. But <laughs> that uh, 
not numb of standing there. Yeah, I'll say for me personally, it did become worse because you had some amazing talent still there because not too many people were gone when they got rid of Gabe at that point and kept a lot of the same talent, but they yeah. did bring in some other people. Uh, even Adam Pierce has said he had never really booked before, so he was just kind of like, oh, well, fuck, okay. <laughs> like, I guess this is my job now kind of thing. And I think he did the best with it that he could, but I think at the same time there was probably, I don't know, maybe there was a push from upper management. You read different things online to change the direction of the company. But yeah, it became a little slower, a little less what we knew Ring of Honor to be. The match structure kind of changed. You didn't see the same bell-to-bell fire that you did. You saw more of like an opening match. You saw more of a even more structure and a scramble because you might have like some more veterans in there and some bigger guys to offset just the more high flying aspect that yeah. matches like that used to have in the past. Yeah. I'm thinking like a Rosh, a Rashi Brown kind of guy, like right off the top of my head. Wow. Rashi Brown. I'm thinking just like that kind of era right there, like guys who started coming in and guys that fit the mold of what I'm talking about. Just like all of a sudden you have like yeah. more of a, and it wasn't necessarily for a good thing because ring of honor already, had a structure they didn't need something different at all so you were taking something that was working fine all you had to do was just change up what was happening just for, what was that right around it was like was Gabe even what was he booking at that time what was the last stuff he did like faction he had all the factions yeah he he was doing i think the last thing he was he was doing, there was like a main event kevin steen and el generico were supposed to take on aries and strong I I, okay. I don't want to verify that as my computer goes like it took a pause break so uh but we we keep we keep recording the recording yeah. still We're going and still it's still live but anyway oh nine I think it was um Aries and Strong versus Steen and Generico was his last match and then and then they had the Adam Pierce era and that was that was. I can't even, like, it was Roderick Strong and Tyler Black and Aries that carried that era. And then you had, after that, you had guys like Jay Briscoe become the World Heavyweight Champion. And nothing against Jay Briscoe, but it's like, that's Jay Briscoe. And in my opinion, when Jay Briscoe won the Ring of Honor World title, it kind of took the luster off the belt. Now, sorry, as I take a sip of this delicious green monster energy drink here, yeah, uh, to just you know shout out brand names, I guess. <laughs> uh, not the uh, not the green sugary one. It's the like ultra paradise, no sugar, zero, blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyway, it's still terrible for me. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, uh, I've had so much caffeine today. I've been up since like four thirty in the morning. Again, long day, folks, but in a good way, I, I guess. I don't yeah. know, but uh, just a long. Long day. Uh, sorry, what, what was what was the point again? What, what were you getting at instead of me complaining here? Okay, uh, that, that's true. Um, we were talking about transitional periods, and I was talking about um, when Adam Pierce became the booker. You had guys like Aries and Tyler Black um, taking over, like the ring, and Roderick Strong taking over as like the top guys. And then you had after that period. Jay Briscoe become oh, yeah, the world yeah, champion. Jay, sorry, my head was also stuck on uh, 
the recent news of Jay Briscoe. I think that's why I fell off on the ROH title portion. Yeah. So I wanted to ask two things at once. Have you heard about the mention of the Briscoes, how apparently they're not going to be involved with Ring of Honor other than the first show mm-hmm. because they were already booked before Tony Khan took them on? The word going around is that a higher up uh, has a problem with comments that Jay made before, and I think we all know what comments are being mentioned there. Yeah, the homophobic uh, comments, yeah. Yeah, so apparently that's the word going around. You know, I'm not trying to spread any bad shit, you know, but that's apparently the reason why the match with FTR and the Briscoes hasn't happened and why it's apparently not not going to happen in Ring of Honor or AEW. Yeah. Uh, that said, didn't Jay hold the belt multiple times, at least twice? Yeah, at least two or three times. At least yeah, two or three times. Yeah, possibly three. He might have, I, I wanted to say three, but I wasn't sure if he if he did or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it was different having... There were a few champions like that where the belt didn't mean as much as it did from, like, a Samoa Joe or a Danielson, even Homicide's reign because it was short and kind of ceremonial because he was injured. Yeah. He still deserved it. He worked hard super as, hard. As I mentioned before, that yeah, super I hard. Love, uh, yeah, he had great match with I think him and Danielson were both hurt in their their title match. Yeah, because he took the title off off Dragon. So yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Just yeah. it, it, it did, yeah. It did take maybe a little bit off of it, and that's not really a slight to Jay, but I think Jay was always more of tag team wrestler and not even TV champ once that belt existed because that was more meant for a level of his brother Mark, kind of yeah. like there was like no real in between. If it were WWE, he could go for the US title, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and that would be acceptable, yeah, but world title just maybe a contender but yeah i don't know it hit me it hit me the wrong way and and the whole the whole sinclair era hit me the wrong way because i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lay off the my four top four ring of honor champions of all time you can agree we can disagree i think number one can we can both agree Maybe is Austin Aries. No, not Austin Aries. What the fuck am I on? What the fuck am I on? Sorry, sorry. I'm I'm not on drugs. I'm not on drugs. I'm not on drugs. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Brian Danielson. Forgive me. Forgive me. Danielson. Danielson. Joe McGinnis. Lethal. That's my top four. Danielson. Joe McGinnis Lethal. Interesting you'd include Lethal's just because he was in there for uh and also did did he hold the title twice? Maybe uh, he was the champ for like a year a with the T V title. I felt like his work rate was pretty good. I felt like he he it wasn't the same ring of honor of old, but he was so dominant and he just went in there and killed it like every night. Oh, I agree, and I like how he was booked. I was just surprised since it was during the era that you disliked as much, which I agree. The whole whole more modern era, Sinclair era, whatever, of Ring of Honor, yeah. It was that, gross. I, it, it got to the point where I, I stopped watching it, you know, if there was a really big, important show maybe. But, I mean, when, like, 
And again, I like PCO popping up in GCW and stuff, but like when PCO was there and stuff like that, I didn't see any of that stuff. You know, I'd maybe see like a final battle because there'd be a really good world title match or something to check out. Yeah. And maybe I want to hear Brian Zane's commentary or you know, Ian Riccoboni or somebody just to hear like guys who I like hearing you. Con- you know what I mean? There's just, yeah. or Veda Scott would be on some of the shows or something. Oh my you God. Just hear, you hear people that you just, you like their performances. So you're like, okay, well, you know, Tracy Williams is going to be in a six man. So I'm going to check out the show. Maybe, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Shout out to hot sauce. Shout out to hot sauce. Uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess I could uh, kind of agree with you on those champions there. It's hard to argue because Jay lethal was booked really, really, really strong in that era. So I think he defined it and that set him. Well, well I'm going to cut myself off. Where the hell is he in AEW? But anyway, um, uh, yeah, let's acknowledge. Okay, so firstly, I want to acknowledge that Jay Lethal has done jack shit since coming to AEW. Um, Did he wrestle like a match? He wrestled Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks, and they had a feud over the FTW Championship. Now, we're not even going to acknowledge that because that's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but Jay Lethal deserves a lot more than that. And I, I... I'm not saying AEW is stupid because I like AEW. I watch AEW. The product itself is phenomenal. But to put Jay Lethal in an angle for the FTW World Championship is it's moronic, in my opinion. Now, did he come in and straight do that? Or did he do the typical TNT title match, lose that, and then Ricky Starks probably cuts a promo on him and then he fights Ricky Starks? That's exactly goes, what you okay. said is exactly what happened. Okay, I thought so. I mean, I watched the program. Just, I literally, when you mentioned the champions, I was thinking about where they're at now. And it hit me. I was like, holy shit, he's an AE. Where is he? So freaking good and you i don't know it's just weird sometimes yeah, yeah. The booking there i don't know how else to say it reminds me of me as a kid with my action figures where you know you get that new one and you just burst him in all of a sudden yeah. and he wins one of your top titles or something and then all of a sudden you're like ah, uh, well i mean uh you know now what do i do from here it's just kind of like you get some of these real big debuts where they all feel the same where it's this Oh, and now we're going to announce that Tony Schiavone standing on the stage with a contract or something, or whatever it is, where it's becoming almost their formula to announce some people, yeah. and then they've got the big surprise reveal. It's like AEW does two types of surprise reveals, and they've been doing a lot of them. <laughs> so I think it just kind of blends into the point where I literally forgot Jay Lethal was with the company, and that they did one of those kind of reveals for him. Oh. So, wow. And I'm shocked I called him Jay Lethal every time. I didn't mess up and call him Jay Briscoe. So that was pretty cool since we were just talking about both Jays in okay. short order. <laughs> okay, so I mentioned my top four champions. Um, at first I mentioned Austin Aries because I was obviously high on drugs. I apologize. Um, but you I give me... Say, nice choice. That's an interesting one when you said it. You but... give me your top four Ring of Honor World Champions. Let's see, definitely got to agree with Nigel being in there. I feel like his reign was pretty damn epic. That made him as just a wrestler. He was already amazing, but man, did that make him for me. Uh, I just loved it. I know I saw it online. People were sick of the lariats, sick of him winning. I wasn't. I wanted to see more lariats. I wanted to see him win and just barely escape. I, I freaking loved it. Um Let's see. Yep, Dragon, definitely Brian Danielson, probably 
maybe my favorite wrestler. Okay. Uh, definitely right now. So, I mean, of the last couple decades, it's hard to say that there's anyone better than him overall. So, yeah, he's got to be there. Samoa Joe, again, because of the epicness of that reign. And, yeah. again, that's what made me see who Samoa Joe is. And it always stood in my head. Remember who Samoa Joe is because there was times during TNA where maybe we weren't always getting that Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, re-booking or he just wasn't motivated i yeah. have no idea and that's not a knock on him or anything it's just he wasn't going maybe he just decided like hey i'm just gonna work a little slower because i'm working every week and that's smart i would do the same thing i would never have worked like samoa joe worked in the first place because i don't i'm not as talented as that guy uh and then let's see i don't want to go entirely yours Jay Lethal would be in my top seven, I'd say. He'd probably be number six. Really? So if I had a number, probably, well, maybe five. Just because I didn't see all of his reign, and that's the only reason why. Where too much of it was me following it from afar. Yeah. So I can't give it, even that's why with like Jay Briscoe, I was kind of like, well, I saw one of his reigns, kind of. But yeah, so even then, I was like, it didn't draw me into the program. You know what I mean? So, so that's why at least I could give something on that. Jay Lethal, I at least heard great things about his matches. Yeah. Um, number four, shit. I got to give a quick answer. Let's go with... Oh shit! Who the fuck else was champion that his reign really like? I'm wondering. I, I thought yeah, you were I mean, gonna say Punk, but let's just. That's almost who I said, but I just feel like his reign came. Okay. His reign came to an end when it needed to. So you know what? I'm gonna stick with that because that was what I was gonna go with. So yeah, just because we got the summer of Punk, and that was freaking incredible to be a part of. Yeah, I've. I feel like that's when Punk. Drops his original pipe bomb, and the fact and that he, yeah. the fact that he signed a signed a WWE contract on the Ring of Honor World Title is that's that was the image in my head when I was thinking of it. Yeah. It's never never been done, and and we could never forget Shane Hagedorn because he's he's the one to land punk. But what about people like Shane Hagedorn or friggin' Pelly Primo? Or like the jobbers, the jobbers that nobody remembers. I remember Pelly as the top of the class champion, and I remember that he was engaged to Beta Scott. Those are two things I remember about Pelly Primo. Well, yeah, those guys came up through the school, and I think they got crapped on by a lot of the fans, especially that Chicago crowd could be Chicago Ridge crowd, to be real specific <laughs> to our suburb friends. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they can be kind of rough on some of those students. Up until guys like Sugarfoot started getting their character over oh and Rat Titus, uh, you know, he at least was able to get some heat and stuff like that yeah. by being just scummy and doing the whole motel key and all of that. <laughs> uh, but I, I think early on, like the Ernie Osiruses and those types, they definitely weren't getting even uh the bravado brothers when they were starting out and stuff like that oh my god uh, yeah there were a lot of early guys there that you know they were all just rookies they were in a wrestling school and they hadn't wrestled anywhere like looking back on it now i was probably like oh why are these guys on the show but it's like well fuck that's why they're on the show look who they're on the show with that's yeah. such an opportunity. Can yeah. you even imagine that being like, hey, you're fresh out of wrestling school and here's your trainer, Brian Danielson, or, you know, and you're going to be on the show with them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, well, big opportunity. I mean, so let's talk about errors for Ring of Honor for a second. Um, 
eras of honor, if you will. That sounds like a show. Okay, so the first era, we have the Samoa Joe, low-key Christopher Daniels era. And then we transition from that era into the Gen X, Austin Aries, CM Punk era. And then we transition into my favorite era, the Danielson era. And then we transition from that era to the Roderick Strong, Tyler Black era. And then we transition from that era to the Sinclair, Jay Briscoe, Michael Elgin era. Uh, Adam Cole era. So, So that's a bunch of eras. In my opinion, the crappiest era is the Sinclair, Jay Briscoe, Michael Elgin era. Because it did make Adam Cole a star, but Sinclair didn't really do a shit ton with Ring of Honor. It was all syndicated. There was no cable. You had to basically watch it in a podunk town in Indiana. That's that's the crappiest era. My My favorite is the Danielson era. Do you want to talk about any maybe forgotten eras of Ring of Honor that I forgot to mention? Uh, it seemed like you summed them up pretty well because I had even forgotten a little bit about Michael Elgin, so thank you for that. Uh, that's right, Michael Elgin was the world champion, wasn't he? <laughs> See, and I was still kind of watching at that point. No, because he had an amazing match with Davey Richards, but who couldn't have a great match? No, I think Michael Elgin, he's he's a fine wrestler as well. I, I know he's just gotten himself into some trouble and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what life is. We all... We all fuck up. That's that's life. I don't know. I don't know the the details with all those people, so I don't. I don't pay attention to all that shit. I just you know stay out of that. It's none of my business. Yeah. I'm I'm not involved. If I was actually involved in wrestling, it would be a lot more pertinent to me. And as long as I kind of know um, people aren't going to be on shows I'm going to and stuff like that, then yeah. I know I'm not directly supporting. I know whose T-shirt I'm buying at the end of the day. So I know, like, hey, that uh, Saki-sama uh, May St. Michelle shirt that I got in the mail, like, I'm pretty sure that those two young ladies are very nice young ladies. That's just the, the best of my knowledge. So, yeah. um, you know, that that's, that's the best way I can kind of theorize all that. I'll say forgotten eras, not really... Um, no, it seems like that's that's a pretty good example of them, and you're probably right. And or at least I could say I can agree. In the Danielson era, being the best and the most favorable, just such solid, great, intense wrestling, and yeah. just it was varied too along the card. But you knew you were just going to get such incredible matches from whoever it was. Yeah. Even if he was, even if it was Danielson against Kamala, you were still going to get something. Oh my God, Kamala! And let's talk yeah. about. Dragon Gate, they they involved like Naruki Doi, Yoshino, Shingo, and they got Sima involved, and they got Kenta, and they got Marafuji. So there was yeah, the there was so much Japanese influence. Uh, even early on, I mean, they had Muda on a real early show. Uh, That's true. That was like within the first year, and then eventually, obviously, there was the freaking Kenta Kobashi weekend that was just phenomenal so i mean that was technically i think he was with noah then at that point so yeah it was a partnership with noah yeah. i mean we had right did we masala kabashi just ridiculous you free, almost forget these things happened it's yeah it's kind of insane oh my god i totally forgot about masala i think he came in in like oh nine 
But yeah, I, I 100% forgot until right now where I literally had stopped and think, did that really happen? Yeah. I remember a DVD cover where I, I think he's fucking nailing someone with the elbow. Yeah. So, or he's nailing someone with something. Yeah, that was like Glory by Honor, night one and night two. I think yeah. I think we should talk about like my favorite, like most underrated character. Obviously, one of my favorite matches ever, point blank period. I don't know if you've ever seen this match, but Jimmy Jacobs, DJ Whitmer, Supercard of Honor 2, Steel Cage Town, Michigan. Nobody talks about that match. Nobody talks about how good BJ Whitmer was. Nobody talks about how good Jimmy Jacobs was. And that's a travesty, you know? It's a travesty to know that somebody like Jimmy Jacobs is constantly neglected by an audience, you know, that really loves wrestling, but I don't feel like knows wrestling or understands wrestling. I think that those two at least, because I 100% agree with you, I think especially BJ Whitmer, I feel like no one fucking mentions him at all, and I don't know why. Uh, I think they're respected, though, by people in the business, because if I'm, again, I'm not great at this. Like, I know who runs certain promotions every now and then. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Ultramantis Black does, you know, LVAC with, you know, Havoc, a.k.a. Murloc or whatever. And another dude whose name escapes me right now. So I apologize on that. But, like, I'll know that's just good cheap plug for good dudes. Uh, Merchbin.net. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> just, uh, hey, promote good people. Maybe they'll get around and they'll be like, hey, that's cool because they got some really cool merch. I want that darn Doink shirt so bad. Doink? Anyway, yeah, I'll show it to you. It's a real cool shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, uh, so I, I, I uh, what was I getting at? I may not know uh, who runs promotions all the time. Uh, I, I lost train of thought there because I got I – got, this doink shirt is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's a long sleeve shirt, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it says on there, when it comes to screen printing, we don't clown around. Okay. It's got the original doink, Matt Bourne, on there. It's got, like, real cool fucking yeah. on the sleeve. Yeah, I, it's even got I, her logo. I'm going to stop the, the recording. Back. We're going to be doink shirt. Yeah, so doink the clown shirt. Merchbin.net. Uh, it'll probably be in my collection some point soon. That'd be uh, through the LVAC company that uh, runs some stuff there. But yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't really matter. You know, there's a lot of random points I could get to there. But I thought we were talking about Jimmy Jacobs and PJ Whitmer. I, I was, I was. The most important thing to say is just that they're they're really respected within the business. And my real point was that I don't know who runs all sorts of companies and who's in different places. Yeah. But uh, I'm pretty positive, and to show my range here, that I have a sense of humor and a serious side, folks. Uh, I'm pretty sure PJ Whitmer works for AEW backstage, and True. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Jacobs works for Impact backstage. And I'm sure I've seen Jimmy Jacobs around the midwest scene doing various things so i would just safely presume if he wanted to work anywhere he'd be able to just walk on backstage and help out because there's various companies around here where i've just gone to shows and you'll just i mean maybe in the last few years you'll just kind of see him like hanging out he'll be there whether he's booked on the show or whatever you know, kind of hanging out in the backstage room. Yeah. And you can't forget about the time Jimmy Jacobs spent in WWE, but it seems like a lot of people already have because it's like you said, you don't really hear him getting talked about. You don't really get to hear 
all the praise because you don't know everything he did, but I've read interviews and I think maybe there was one shoot he did after some sort of interview online. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs did some cool shit. You know, he did the whole list thing with Chris Jericho. There was various other dudes who he worked with that will just praise him up and down that said that they specifically wanted to work with him. Yeah. Names all escape me now, but you could easily look it up online right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. They might mention him under his, his shoot names, but you know, uh, either way, I, I at least think that that's one of those things in life where if you work incredibly hard, even if it doesn't pay off on the surface, it can pay off in a way that's even far, far greater than that. I think that that's what those two have. Well, that that was nicely said. That was nicely said. Um, yeah, because when I'm talking about wrestling, I don't clown around. That, I don't think either one of us clowns around. Blink the clown t-shirt merchant.net, like he said. Okay, so we went over Jimmy Jacobs and BJ Whitmer, so I guess we should talk about most overrated performers and then go into AEW a little bit and finish off with our favorite memory of Ring of Honor. So let's talk about our most overrated performers of Ring of Honor. Um, Obviously, I'm going to have to go with Morishima and Aries on this one. Only because I don't think Morishima was ready to win the championship. It's not that I didn't think he was a believable monster. He had a great match with Samoa Joe. But the way the title match ended with Homicide and Morishima beating him so convincingly, it just left a bitter taste in my mouth. I can see that. Because, you know, there was points where I wasn't sold on him. And it actually took me... Ah, the better part of a decade to really start to appreciate his work because I saw some more of his Noah stuff and even I rewatched more ROH stuff. I did originally like his matches with Brian Danielson. Other than their last one, I really didn't think it held up to the standards. Uh, and that was kind of more modern-ish, maybe yeah. Adam Pierce era Ring of Honor, Final yeah. Battle, I think. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't think that that one held up as well. And no, I don't need Danielson getting a detached retina at every fucking match. That That's, you know doesn't ever need to happen, but definitely I'll probably make that match stand out in my head because what do I think about right now from Manhattan Mayhem 2? Brian Danielson, Takeshi Morishima, yeah, yeah. that detached retina from a big, I think it was a big fucking forearm in the corner. Did it yeah, right? man. Like, early on he just beat he beat the shit out of people yeah so you know i kind of agree there now that i'm even saying that to you right now because yeah if you're just gonna like work that stiff and stuff i get it it was kind of a thing in ring of honor but what what did he bring to the table then for that time period you yeah. know i'm not saying he didn't have skills and didn't have a place but for that time period, in terms of being the world champion in the shadow of a homicide or a Samoa Joe. Yeah, I, I don't think it was the right thing to take the belt off a of homicide that quickly and to, to put it on Morishima just because you wanted more of a Japanese influence. Um, yeah. I would say Austin Aries because he's, he's a douche, but, but he's a great wrestler. So I guess I can't like put in his douchiness with his wrestling ability, which I really want to do, but I'm not going to do it. So, let's... Well, how do you feel about Matt Taven? Because he's someone who... Oh, my God! You're right! You are absolutely right! ...by such a 
vast amount of the Ring of Honor fan base. So oh. I figure in that case, yeah, he's you, a nice guy in real life, though. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Thank you so much for reminding me of that. Why don't you start and I'll piggyback off of you, Matt Taylor? Go. Oh, goodness. I just, that's another thing where I only caught parts of it, but I did. There were times where I would watch to see what all the hubbub, as they would say, is about. And yeah, I definitely didn't get it. I didn't get why that's who they were going with. It's kind of like you said, your opinion on the whole Jay Briscoe thing. I 100% feel like that was watering down what the title meant, making it just, you know, you're putting it on someone that not all the fans aren't necessarily from what I could tell, given that kind of heat because you're the heel and you're the champion. They're given that kind of heat because just because who you are, you're the champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that kind of sucked for him. And it was just, again, positioning where fantastic wrestler, you could be anywhere on the card. And I'm sure a lot of people, he himself, people in charge there would, would disagree. But I mean, is anyone looking back on that and saying like, oh, what a fucking awesome reign or reigns, whatever. Because at that point, it seemed like Ring of Honor was giving everyone multiple reigns. <laughs> in my mind, Jay, in my mind, Jay Briscoe, Jay Lethal, Adam Cole. Yeah. I don't know. All those guys probably had more than one ring. Yeah, I think Adam Cole was a three-time Ring of Honor world champion. Yeah, I, I thought so. I know Austin Aries because he was the first one. Which right? is, yeah, which is, Adam Cole was a really good worker, but he wasn't, like, a great worker at that point. He's always been really good, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't, he wasn't spectacular at that point. I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad you went there, because, see, I feel like that showed a little as well. Not, I'm not criticizing at all, but in the main event of the pay-per-view that AEW just had, I feel like that kind of showed if you watch the entire card from start to finish. And I did. I watched the whole buy-in. I watched the whole pay-per-view. I watched the entire, entire fucking thing. Uh, I watched two Dynamites beforehand as well the night before. And barely slept, so I was very, very AEW'd. Uh, <laughs> I just felt like not only was it really long, so you kind of were burnt out by the end of the show, but I feel like the crowd was kind of like, we've seen all of this in every other match before. What did Adam Cole and Hangman Page really bring that was different? Like, there wasn't even much to the story, and you would think there could have been more because of this, whatever, you know, past association, bullet club wise, elite wise, whatever you want to call yeah. it. But I don't know. I just, I just wasn't feeling, I wasn't even feeling that match going in. I don't know. It's, it's another one of those things where you didn't need to put Adam Cole in that position because Adam Cole could be a future world champion and you could just take the time to have him near the top without yeah. having to take a loss. Yeah. And I think a lot of people felt that way. Um, you know, and, and I'll give my hot take uh, real quick. I will just say I want personally, just from the most recent show I've seen, which was the most recent Dynamite, so I don't know what's going to happen on Rampage, what they're building to. I know obviously there's going to be a feud between the factions. But, man, you know what, at this point, either keep Hangman Page, you know, a face, 
or I heard something about one point, I don't remember, because I was zoning out towards the end of the match, that the fans briefly booed him when he pulled down his knee pad. I heard it on the Wrestling With Regret review, so shout out to Brian Zane again, but I heard it on there, and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to go back and see that in the match. Uh, he wasn't sure if something was happening in the crowd, or if they were actually booing Hangman Page, because I think Page was mimicking Adam Cole, maybe, doing like Cole's gimmick of pulling down the knee. I don't know. I missed out on all that, because I was, again, just kind of like, okay, mm. I know what's going to happen in this match like just just get get cut to the, the finish boys uh it's, it's getting late <laughs> like i should do with the sentence but yeah uh with with that with that all being said basically it yeah it just it kind of felt that way and i feel like the next guy if you're not going to even turn him heel that's fine have face champion to face champion Man, just give give it to fucking Eddie Kingston. I think Eddie really? Kingston is one of the most. I think he's one of the most over guys in the company right now. I think the iron is just. It's not as hot as it's gonna get. Really, but it can get a little bit hotter if you push it there. He could be hotter than Orange Cassidy was when Orange Cassidy was his hottest. Orange really? Cassidy's nowhere near as hottest. Really? That was another one of these AEW push them real hot, then kind of cool off on them and just let them be there as a thing. Really? In my opinion. Uh, yeah, which sucks because OC is one of my favorites. And I mean, he's still been booked all right, you know, but okay. almost sparingly. But nonetheless, I, I, I just feel, especially after watching everything, just the way Kingston is in the ring, he's so believable. I think that that could also be a good way to give us a short AEW title reign because he does not need a long reign because I think that that could expose him in some kind of ways because yeah. Eddie Kingston works certain kind of matches really, really well, mm. and Eddie Kingston works other kind of matches well. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, so I just – I don't know, man. I just see something really marketable in him where people can – deeply relate to him as a real person the way that i guess other people do with hangman page yeah i i personally don't i don't understand what cowboy shit is or being an anxious cowboy millennial i'm an anxious 34 year old but i don't understand what any of that shit means okay so but for me i understand what eddie kingston waking up having to take medication for his mental health and yeah and depression problems yeah i get that yeah so, I think we've transitioned away from Ring of Honor to AEW. Yeah, um, but, you know, those were all Ring of Honor talents there. All those, all those folks mentioned there. That's true. You know, Kings, Kingston had his time there, as forgettable as it kind of is. That's true. He was, he was there with Homicide. I'll, I'll talk about Kingston for a sec, because you, you brought up a lot of interesting points with Eddie. I fucking love Eddie for the exact same reason that you just spoke about. There's no one more believable in the industry right now than Eddie Kingston because his Players' Tribune article was super, super beautiful. The way he fought through his depression, the way he almost drank himself to death, and then he thought about Larry Sweeney, and then he powered through. And, you know, I would certainly love to see him win the belt. But personally, I think for me... It has to be MJF. I knew you were going to say it still. Personally. Even though he took the L, he's still going to have the feud with Wardlow. And then what's going to happen with the feud with Wardlow? So you still got to book that. And then you got to book what happens after that feud. So does Wardlow take a loss to MJF in a feud? And Wardlow won that face of the revolution. So what? He gets a shot at the TNT title, right? Yeah, but, but they can go three options. 
They can go the Kingston option. They can go the MJF option. Or they can just wait till Omega goes back and they can put the belt on Omega. First two-time champion? Yeah. I mean, they there's a lot of options they could go. Like, you could... But for me, I literally thought in my head that MJF was going to win this match. And, and You said that. Yes, he, you did. And sh- we, and never, sure, we never came up with a wager, unfortunately. I was going to spin around in circles, so you have to videotape me right now. Yeah, but we didn't come up with one for me on my end in case anything went wrong, but that's fine. We will get you in circles. Do you want to like videotape me spinning around in circles just for your own personal amusement? Yes, very much so, and I will use it in a uh, music video or something. Okay, okay, here I go. Get your camera ready, because I'm about to spin around in circles. Oh, man, I don't know how to do this. Wow. You see me spinning? You, you see me spinning. I'm literally, I'm literally spinning around in circles right now. I sadly don't, but I can hear it, and that... Is really worth it to me. Okay, because I literally said that if MJF lost that match, I'd spin around in circles. So I did five circles for you. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand why they put Punk over. They won the whole AFI Miseria Kentanura oh, Punk. Love that. That was the shit. Dude, I, I assumed you were marking out hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> one of the bigger moments of the show mm. my favorite match was still eddie kingston and chris jericho because it did everything it should have it was worked the way it should have and it accomplished what it should have and then on the next show it led to what it should have which yeah i don't i don't know how i didn't see that coming i love that 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 made me feel yeah worked y'all you know? made me feel like i was watching wrestling so that was really cool jericho's back to being a douchebag it's going to do a lot for love it it's going to do a lot for 2.02 because they were really great in Shakira. Or Shakara, excuse me. I agree completely. And then it seems like they're really, really heavy on uh, this Daniel Garcia guy. who I only knew him like two, three months maybe before AEW. Like yeah. I just heard his name because I remember hearing that he broke his legs in a car accident or some shit. And like he was coming back. That's pretty much how I heard about him was – I probably heard about him when he broke his legs, but was unaware of who he was. Yeah. And then I heard about him then and was like, holy shit. And then all of a sudden he was just like at the top of like every show. Right. I might have mentioned it last time, but there's that joke that he must hold something over Tony Khan. But no, uh, I just, I, I think he's a, a good wrestler. He's got that cool technical style, you know, submissions. And yeah, I dig him. I, I like him. 2.0, hell yeah. I like him too. I like him too. So, I think we've already put in like 45 minutes. Do you want to go the full hour or do you want to? Because we could go the full hour if you want. Hey, I mean, yeah, we could take the, the last last quarter, wrap shit up. That's uh, however much of it we need. Okay. That's perfect. That's the ref telling us we could go up to about Broadway without hitting Broadway, right? Yeah, that's He's like, true. all right, guys, go up to 59, 59. <laughs> that's true. We got, we got 13 more minutes left before we hit the full hour. Oh, yeah, of course. That's <laughs> the worst number in the world right now. 13. Uh, only, only if you're superstitious. Okay. Uh, there's, there's some reference in one of my songs. See, nobody would get that, so that's that's a uh, uh, push for me. Yeah. Record that. Um. So, 
You talked about Matt Taven. I want to get my thoughts on Matt Taven. I know we we talked about that before, and then we uh, transitioned to AEW. But I want to get my thoughts on Matt Taven real quick. Um, he's a B plus player, obviously. We all know that. Um, he's a B a B minus B plus player. Oh uh, my! Um, is this is this our first burial on the show? It it is it is. Obviously, I thought they were gonna put Austin Aries. You buried him already. Obviously, I thought they were gonna put the belt on Skrull, but they didn't because they were God. they were loyal. No, but this is before all the sexual abuse allegations. I was gonna say we are we are going for a trifecta, but that was the, the we at least ended it with the the deserved burial. That was like the it was not actually they were all deserved. This burial. is this is before all the sexual abuse <laughs> allegations. Because I hate that for Marty Scroll. Because I was a big fan of Marty Scroll. I hate that for David Starr too. I was a huge fan of David Starr. Then you hear about all these sexual abuse allegations. Yeah, I feel bad for for anyone who went through things on all sides. Whatever, whoever was hurt is who I feel. Yeah. bad for it. It seems like everybody was hurt in some kind of way. Yeah. So again, I just I'm that kind of person where I just I'm gonna sympathize with everybody just because I don't want to see people get hurt in the way those victims got hurt. Yeah. And then afterward, the people who fucked up. I just don't know, man. It's just no matter what, it's just a bad, bad situation. Yeah, it's like, of, yeah, it just it just creates more. Everything's bad. Just, it's you know, like you yeah. can't you can't root for David Starr anymore. You can't root for Marty Scurll after the kind of shit that happens. You can't root for those people anymore. Yeah, well, that's exactly that's what people are like. Are they going to wrestle again, or are they going to be like Jimmy Havoc, who's kind of got like a normal life now over in England, from what I hear? You know, there's all sorts of people like that who. And again, I'm not trying to give these people publicity by any means or anything like that. I'm also not trying to bury anybody, but if they are getting buried, it's deservedly so. And we're just a couple of people giving opinions. But at the same time, again, it's based off of factual things that have happened. Yeah. And there is a right and wrong in the world. And there is a good and bad that you can clearly see, uh, even if there is a, a blurred line sometimes. But yeah, a lot of people did some really, really fucked up shit. It's the best way to put it. That's and you're true. right. There's, there's no way to root for certain folks after that. That's but true. I don't want, yeah, I don't want anyone in any bad, bad situation. That's true. I mean, it's, it's horrible all the way around. So, I mean, we talked about our, our favorite Ring of Honor memories. Um, so let's talk about what made, it a, made us a fan of Ring of Honor to close it out. I think yeah. what made me a fan of Ring of Honor was just the fact, just pure pro wrestling. No pyros, no no signs, no, no. Well, you had storylines. But it was, it was the wrestling that took precedence over everything else. It was the wrestling that took precedence over everything else. First and foremost. That, for me, is my favorite part of Ring of Honor. You know, it would be hard for me to come up with any other way to put it. Because you're right. Ring of Honor didn't need, especially early on, any big frills. I remember when just having 
you know, metal barricades around the ring for us to bang on was like, wow, look at how cool is that? And the black mm. curtains around the ringside area yeah. look like, man, they're stepping it up. Like that was stepping it up, you know, like that was all Ring of Honor needed was like a black backdrop, fans making that noise because we would make it when we appreciated it and we appreciated that entire show again even those students even if we gave them a hard time they were in that ring and they were giving it their all and yeah if it was that main event holy shit man we were all there until the very end yeah all of a sudden you would see it you would see it at that frontier field house man i'm telling you that building would all of a sudden be more full especially at those early shows where towards the end there were suddenly just more people i don't know if they were friends of the wrestlers who yeah. came out from the back or what but that field house it just maybe i don't know maybe that's just how i saw it there maybe it just seemed like it just filled up because of how how pumped everybody was it the was, emotion in that building it was, that's what i remember it was, i remember us i remember our families i remember our friends I remember us just going ape shit and just, I mean, I being able to look around and just be like, man, there's, there's a dude I go to school with. There's another dude. Oh, I know that person. And just being like, hmm, wow, what a good time. It was absolutely magical. It, it truly was. And I'm so, I, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just feel really bad that I couldn't get Chris Mecca into it because he was <laughs> too busy talking about I was just thinking of him the other day. <laughs> he was just, I wonder, yeah, he was, he was such a sweet guy. I hope he's all right. No, but he was doing, he was, I'd be like, Chris, you got to watch Ring of Honor. He's like, I'm not watching that indie shit. Yeah. I was thinking of him also because I remember I was watching a match, and part of it was uh, uh, the arm being worked a lot. And I remember him being like, I need a story being told, you know, to lead to a match, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to see someone working an arm. And I was like, well, Chris, sometimes working the arm is the story of the match. Yeah. And he just kind of didn't know what to say. And it just kind of like, I'm not saying like it put him in his place by any means, but I just think he never thought of that. Like, yeah. oh, like it's not all about Gene Snitsky and Lita and a pregnancy angle. You know what I mean? Like, it's sometimes it really is just, hey, the champ just can't go anymore. And in this match, he loses because of his bad arm. You know? Like, Absolutely. That, that's the wrestling I like. So, to, your, your last thought then, what's Ring of Honor going to be? Is it going to be an independent? Is it going to be a mainstream entity? Oh, my God. We're going back to this. Oh. Yep, that's how you close it. That's oh. how you close it, how it how pretty much began. What is Ring of Honor going to be in the future? I, we, made, uh, we made predictions on the world title of AEW. Let's make our predictions on that. Okay. Well, let me ask you this prediction. But to go off of your prediction, how is Tony Khan going to juggle all elite wrestling and Ring of Honor at the same time. With some help. So that poses the question as to who that help's going to be. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who work there that have very, very good minds for wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of good people who don't work anywhere yeah. who have really good minds for wrestling. And there's people who work other places that might want to work somewhere else. So yeah, that's it's going to be, I think this is going to be some, uh, all right, I'll make my prediction. I'm going to just say that it's going to be some game changer level shit. And I don't mean the company GCW. I just feel like this move right here, I think even if it's going to be tough for Tony Khan personally to balance, yeah, 
I don't know if I mean it's in a good or a bad way, but I think that this move right here is something that we're going to look back on. Yeah. In X amount of years. I, in the next eight years. I agree. There'll be some reason why. I agree, and I'll make my prediction. I just think Ring of Honor is going to be a feeder system for AEW. I don't think he'll be balanced enough to make me really care about Ring of Honor unless they put the belt on somebody like Swerve Strickland or something. Then I'll be like, oh, my God. Because I love Swerve Strickland. He makes it look so easy. So easy. It's Swerve's house all day, all night. Baby. He's but, another one I hope doesn't get lost because of how they brought him in. But we will see. But I want them to put the Ring of Honor world title on Swerve Strickland. I'll say that right now. If he doesn't get sure the AEW belt, put it on Strickland right now. Do it. But see, it's, the Ring of Honor title, is that, it's that middle ground that needs to be there because the TNT title... I feel like needs to go back to being more of a mid-card thing. There's guys who are more upper mid-card who are in that position. I feel like it needs to be guys who need to be built to the upper mid-card. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... That's, I... Why, that's why I like there being like a secondary mid-card title and an upper mid-card title on companies. I think that those can be necessary things. Yeah, New but... Japan, New Japan goes crazy on fucking belts, but then there's certain times where it's like... Even Stardom has a lot of titles, but I feel like everyone makes sense there. But that's my bias anyway. Yeah, but I feel like they've already made it a mid-card title because Scorpio Sky, who's the king of the mid-card, uh, and he's a hard worker, just won his yeah. first title. So I feel well, that's, like... That's what I thought. That's what I thought they were going with, was finally to kind of balance it back down. And that's not a knock at him. I feel like he's a guy who'll just have a great match with anyone. Yeah. So yeah, easily. Just put him in the ring with whoever. He'll, he'll just, you know, he's a utility guy. That's what yeah. he is, right? And Ethan Page is also a utility guy, which makes me wonder, are they going to have Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky feud or something? But they're probably not. But, I mean, they're both mid-carders, so it makes sense. So, I mean, but anyway, we got lost off track. Um, yeah, no. My prediction is Ring of Honor is going to be a feeder system for AEW, and AEW just kind of swallows it up. It'll go for a couple of shows, but I just don't know how Tony's going to be able to balance both. Yeah, I think he'll maybe own it, but have somebody else run it the way that... Uh... Uh, Bushy Road or whatever it is owns New Japan and Stardom, but they're run as two separate entities. That's my hope. Because I think, uh, I don't want to misspeak, but I think like DDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro are owned by the same company, but run by separate entities yeah. that way as well. So I'm just hoping it becomes one of those things, you yeah. know, not like a WWE NXT thing like you're kind of predicting, which was is what I'm thinking it might. It might be. So, I don't know. You know what? I might be wrong on my game-changer statement. That's just me being optimistic. That's what I'm hoping it'll be. Yeah. yeah. There's a very, very good chance, I've thought that too, that, well, they've got dark and dark elevation, so shove some of that talent off, have a couple upper-ish name guys, you know, Joey Janela, whoever the fuck else. Joey Janela? I love Joey Janela, but you know what I mean? Like, and he's gotten in a lot better shape. He's been putting on some great matches. Yeah, but uh, Joey Janela and Ring of Honor? I don't know about that, man. Oh, this is going to be Tony Khan's Ring of Honor. So you need to think about the level of talent, like where they're at on his card. Because if it's going to be how Dark and Dark Elevation are, like you're saying, who's on Dark and Dark Elevation? Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. You got it, brother. You're going to be getting the ass boys. 
Oh my god. You know, you know, yeah, you're gonna be getting fucking Billy Gunn in Ring of Honor. Are you, <laughs> you know who's gonna be making his return to Ring of Honor? Jeff Hardy. He gets to finally, finally make a. No, he did redeem himself actually because uh, yeah. the Hardy's last match was against the Young Bucks. They had a great match against huge, the Young Bucks. Huge fucking, yeah, they had a great weekend. Are you kidding me? Fuck, man, they came back as that big surprise. I was oh, actually shit. like, wow, the Hardys, and I'm never like, wow, the Hardys. Um, yeah, that was the shit. But yeah, we're we're close to 30, so I yeah. don't know if you want to go another 10 or want to wrap it up here. Um, oh, it's fine. Yeah, we could wrap up. Um, Okay, well, that was our memories about Ring of Honor. I'm sorry we haven't gotten to the Trisha Dora, Tony Depp, and 60-Minute Iron Man match. Oh, my God. That's that's going to be our Jimmy Kimmel Live version of, oh, sorry, we, uh, you know, Matt Damon, we didn't have time kind of fucking gimmick, where basically it just never happens. Like, oh, yeah, well, sorry, we didn't have time today for the hour-long match. No. Do no, you no, think no, we're going to we do, do it? We should do it. We are. And because uh, I'm already thinking we could easily do that. Uh, as one of our segments here, so uh, that will be one. There's one that I'll hook you up with a link to because it is definitely, as I told you, uh, my closing note would be last program I mentioned, Azumi, Starlight Kid, that I was going to be watching it to yeah. celebrate a uh, personal day of mine. I believe I've watched it three times now the third time i was kind of like in and out because i was just doing some stuff around my room but yeah it's i was just really trying to study it the second third time to watch the way they put the match together because the first time i just wanted to watch it as a fan and just be blown the fuck away by that because they're so oh my god these girls and the story behind it they did a great promo package beforehand and even though i don't speak the language you can kind of grasp it you know they both started out about the same age about the same time They've been there, neck and neck with each other, fighting each other since yeah. the start. And now it's like, here they are, still doing it, you know. All, she's still doing it all of like four or five years later. But, yeah. Uh, so that'll be my my kind of note to go out on there. It's just uh, recapping from last week that that match was incredible. That the times I had at Ring of Honor were incredible. So I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. Yeah. And just that I hope Tony Khan, uh, you know, I hope he has – good memories of what ring of honor was too so he can make it something special to to keep going for generations to come yeah i mean i would hope so too but it won't surprise me if it's a feeder system but if it's not i'll do another batch of circles for you like i did when mjf lost to punk perfect and i will come up with something i don't know what but it'll be something all right well that's been our second podcast hour long. Hopefully you listened to at least 20 of the 60 minutes that we produced um, because I think it was a pretty good friggin' ROH podcast. Hell yeah. And if you don't listen to 20 of the 60 minutes, John is going to overstock your fridge with Monster Energy drinks. And even worse, I'm going to crash on your couch because I'm going to be drinking all of those drinks. And we all know how that, you know, ends up. You just wind up in bed, just hating life. Oh, don't care. You're a lovely kid. <laughs> no, I already crashed earlier briefly. I did, like, start to nod off for about 30 minutes <laughs> from my, like, ridiculously long day. But yeah, no one cares about that. All right. Anyway, yeah, kamikazeambulance.bandcamp.com. Kamikazeambulance.bandcamp.com. 
Follow my Instagram, just a crippled messenger, one, two, three, four, dot com. Um, That's right, at, at Susie Sue's. Yeah, and Sue's. we should have a, we should have a podcast. Name anyway. We, we got to create an Instagram for our podcast. Actually, yeah, we very much do, because I was thinking about we need to promote it better on social media and yeah. in general. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Like people would like it, yeah. We'll talk about that later. But yeah. I'll text you, but it was so much fun talking to you for 60-plus about Ring of Honor. And yeah, Broadway, plus we fucking went over. And next time we're going to do, I think next week we should do the Trisha Adora Tony Geffen match. We'll finally get it in. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I found it on YouTube, so I got it ready. Uh, looks like it's got about, like, maybe an hour 15, hour 20 runtime total with intros and all that stuff, uh, just to give people a heads up. Because it'd be really cool, because, you know, there's a chance folks are listening to this or will find this. You could easily find that match by searching for their names online, just even just fucking do like I did and search Tony Deppin versus Trish, and no, you don't find Trish Stratus like the first result comes <laughs> up, but you will find Trish Adora. I just like that, that as I type in Trish, that's what comes up. It's like, no, no, that match did, did, didn't happen. But you can easily find the real match on YouTube. Watch it with us, because it'll, it'll be a fun thing to do. It really is. Okay. Justin and I are going to break it down. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be just about as long as this podcast was. Today. Yeah, yeah. So I think Wednesday we'll do that. We'll break it down and we'll do it. But yeah, I, I, I love you, kid. I'll see you next podcast. Love you, brother. Love everybody listening. Uh, talk to you all next time. Talk to you later. Thank you. Peace. Peace.